Hey, what's going on, Future Is Now podcast? I am your host, Spencer Nakamura. Thank you so much for tuning in today on episode, drumroll please, 50. That's right, we are on episode 50. Man, I what a what an amazing uh, first 50 episodes. I mean, when I first started this, it was like, who knew? Who knows how this is going to turn out? You know, hopefully people are going to listen. Um, and it turns out that you guys have been listening, and I am I am so thankful. I'm so honored that you guys would at least trust me, at least to even listen to me, honestly. And so I'm so thankful for you guys. Uh, the podcast has been growing um, and we are seeing amazing testimonies as a result of that. And so that just makes me all the more pumped up and amped. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for 50. Can't wait to see where this podcast is at with like episode 500. Um, I'm going to be coming out with more episodes here soon. So stay tuned for that. But um, I, I'm just, I'm just very, uh, taken back kind of in this moment where we get to see the future is now. And I just want to say, if you've been along on this journey from episode one to now, I just want to say, man, um, first of all, obviously thank you. But this is when I, when I labeled this podcast, the future is now it's because the future is predicated upon leaders stepping up and rising today. And today we create the culture and the world that we're stepping in tomorrow. And as Christian leaders, it's it's time to step into that truth, step into that conviction, step into that boldness, because we have to understand that it's not just ourselves that we're looking after. It's our family, it's our generations. And so because of that, I just want to say thank you for being a part of the future is now. As always, this episode is brought to you by the Laser Fund. It's a, it's a fund. It's a laser strategy. It's a financial strategy that helps you protect your money and grow it safely. You can find the link below that in the bio and click and make an appointment if you're interested in that. But uh, we're just going to get into this episode today on the future is now. So get your hearts and your minds ready for today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the future is now podcast where you can discover your calling, live with passion and purpose and learn how to be the leader of the future. We all have a voice that people need to hear, and it's time to get the confidence to use our gifts to better the world. If you're here to grow in the things of God and develop a healthy mindset, you are in the right place. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's get excited about today's episode. So today we are going to be talking a little bit about identity, a little bit about some current events that are going on. Um, I, I'm starting to want to incorporate a little bit of current events into this podcast just because uh, you guys have been enjoying the commentary that I've been doing over on Instagram. Um, you can follow me there at Spencer Knock. Um, but I, I've been doing more commentary stuff, you know, directly responding to things that are going on. And some of you guys like that. So I'm going to try and incorporate that into this as well as topical um, points. But you know, today we're going to be talking about identity um, and knowing who you are. And there's some branches with that and some things that are going on um, that I think are really, really prevalent um, to this issue. And, you know, I just want to take a second. And if you're listening to this, obviously, this podcast is for the Christian leader. And we know, right, we know that our identity is in Christ um, with our head. You know, we know that scripture says that in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, it says, now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 1 Corinthians six seventeen says, but he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Genesis 1, 27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created him. So we are in the image of God. Now, let the, that is pretty crazy. I mean, think about that. 
The image of the God that created the universe, that breathed stars and planets and galaxies into existence, we are in that image. I love it. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So, when I'm talking about identity, we obviously know that our identity is in God. It's in the Lord. That's where, but, but practically speaking, I think sometimes we, we forget that and it's easy, you know, to have our identity in different things like our job or our friends or our family or our hobbies. And what happens when, uh, I, I mean, and by the way, identity is basically who you are. The definition of it is who you are. Okay. And when, when our identity gets out of funk, right, it gets in our job and the job promotion, and then all of a sudden we get fired from our job or something happens and we don't have that job anymore. It's devastating and we feel like, oh, I'm a failure. Now, it's interesting because why would a event that is exterior affect us so much on the interior? Well, that wouldn't be the case unless said exterior event made its way into our heart and now we're associating it with who we are. Does that make sense? So like our friends, it's like, yeah, we, we can make an idol out of our friends. And then all of a sudden we, you know, when people stop being friends with us, oh my gosh, that's the most crushing blow. And now we feel like we are somehow lesser. Now, don't hear me wrong here. Like, Spencer, you're so heartless. Like, I'm saying, obviously, these things are meant to be hard. They're difficult. Life is hard, and it's okay to feel sadness. It's okay to to feel um, those emotions of, man, this sucks, and I'm worried, and those types of things are natural in these occurrences. But what I'm saying is when something that happens to you all of a sudden redefines how you see yourself and think about yourself, now you have to understand that that is a problem that you have associated something with your identity. Okay, so our identity is in Christ and Christ is perfect, which means that at the end of the day, things can happen to us and we are still secure and confident knowing that our identity isn't in what we do, our identity isn't in who we know. Our identity isn't how much money's in the bank account, how much influence we have. No, our identity is in Christ who loves us, who, who cares for us, who has a plan for us, who has a purpose for us. So that's the reassuring thing is we're always going to have purpose. Um, and why am I talking about identity is because I came up post, uh, upon a post yesterday. It was, you know, it's funny because you guys will send me these posts, right? You'll send me these accounts. And what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And it just gets me on a rabbit hole. And so um, I came across this post yesterday. I actually posted about it. Um, I'm going to bring it up here. Um, let's see. I got it right here. Sorry, I, sh I should have been more prepared. Um, here we go. So I reposted this. Um, it's a post from Beloved underscore Arise. What a great name. Not great content, though. Um, and it was talking about gaslighting in the church. So it's talking about all the ways that gaslighting and gaslighting, you know, is the psychological abuse tactic where you basically convince something um, that something is real when it's not right. So like uh, an abusive boyfriend will like be verbally abusive or physically abusive to, um, you know, their girlfriend. And then later on, they twist it 
to where it's like, oh, that never happened or she deserved it or he's the victim, whatever. That's what gaslighting is, okay? So that's why I always laugh when I see these gaslighting in church uh, posts. So, I mean, honestly, we can go through every single one if we wanted to. Gaslighting in the church is multi-thread. First one says this, using the Bible to invalidate personal experiences and distort one's reality. Um, I find that one really funny because number one, um, nothing invalidates, nothing in the Bible invalidates personal experiences um, and pastors that, um, but here, pastors that they're probably talking to are the ones that say that God is supernatural so he can go above and beyond your circumstance, which, you know, is not gaslighting. Second one, twisting scripture to shame queer and trans people. That's not gaslighting. That's literal, literal scripture. Uh, telling LGBTQ plus people we love you, but... Uh, and then this one is one I replied to. Um, this one says, quote, I don't hate the sinner. I hate the sin. Now, I responded to this. And um, here's what I responded with. I said, Romans 12, 9 tells us that we are to hate what is evil. John 13, 34 says to love one another. This is not gaslighting. It's biblical. The issue is people identifying with their sin, especially when it comes to LGBTQ, but our, identif our identity isn't in sexual orientation. It's in Christ. Identity politics has wiggled its way into Christianity and it's garbage, garbage. It's dumb. It's a dumpster fire. So this is what I'm talking about when we're talking about um, having your identity in something else, right? It's, uh, you know, a lot of posts that I come through is, is these types of posts where, if you don't agree with my lifestyle, then you hate me. That's what, you know, a big uh, proponent of anti-Christian LGBTQ community members say. Well, if you hate me or you don't agree with me, then you hate me. Well, that's that's not true because your sexual identity or your sexual preference is not an identity. It's a lifestyle. Okay, there's a difference. Like, I don't hate the core person of who you are. I have tons of friends. Well, actually, I mean, <laughs> I didn't. I don't have tons of friends. Oh, I have so many friends. No, I have friends that I disagree with, that are not Christian, that are doing their own thing, that are sleeping around before they're married, that are you know prideful or this and that. And I love them, right? I love them as people, and I don't love their sin, and I don't agree with it. And that's the thing is like. You look at, okay, let's look at premarital sex for a second, all right? Biblically, it's not okay. You have to wait till you're married to have sex. That's what the Bible says, people. It's not me. It's what the Bible says. So um, I have friends that, you know, are hooking up over, you know, just doing their thing, hooking up, don't really care about it. Now, I don't agree with that, obviously, but guess what? I still... We're still friends. I still love them. And guess what? They know that I love them. They know I love them. And they don't have an issue. With it. And they know that I'm against what they're doing. But that's what I'm saying is we, are, we have come to a culture where now sexual preference is an identity. It's not an identity. I'm not attacking the core of who you are. I'm just attacking a lifestyle choice that you're making. And I don't agree with it. And that should be okay, but it's not. It's not gaslighting. Okay. So, I mean, people that argue, you know, I was, I was born this way. Well, here's the thing. We were born into a lot of things. I mean, we were born into sin. That doesn't make it okay. Right. 
It doesn't make it okay. And there's an argument to be made on, you know, being born into it and this and that. And I'm not, this isn't the podcast for that. I'm not arguing. I'm not going to argue that today, but I am saying that, you know, let's go that route. Then even if you are born into it, we're all born into sin and we all have a thorn in our sides. And that just has to be something that we're, we sacrifice at the altar of Christ. And ouch, Spencer, that's harsh. Well, yeah, no, no kidding. The Bible sometimes isn't isn't the the easiest to follow. Otherwise, everybody would do it, okay? So going on, um, now why am I talking about identity? Uh, this is the second part of it is, so I don't know if you've heard this recently, but basically um, Boston Children's Hospital came out with a video where this lady is basically talking about how they're doing gender-affirming surgeries for the transgender youth. Yay! Doctors, and other staffers of, and then this article came out, doctors and other staffers at Boston Children's Hospital are being threatened with violence over its surgical program for transgender youth, administrators say, and other U.S. children's hospitals are also being harassed online. Boston Children is home to the first pediatric and adolescent transgender health program in the United States. It became the focus of far-right social media accounts, <laughs> news outlets, and bloggers. Last week, after they found out informational YouTube videos published by the hospital weeks ago about surgical offerings for transgender patients. <laughs> So, this is why I'm talking about identity politics. Because when identity or our, our sexual preference or orientation becomes our identity, then everything is okay to get us to that identifying place. And that not only is affecting people, adults in the world, it's affecting our kids. Now, here's what scripture says about our children. Proverbs 22, 6. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Ephesians 6, 4. Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Listen, children are innocent, and they are moldable, and they rely on adults that are thinking logically to guide them in the way that they're supposed to go. And now we've we've gotten into a world where our sexual orientation is now our identity, and so because Adults think that we're pushing it onto children, which is the, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Listen, children believe in Santa Claus. Children believe in the Easter Bunny. When I was a child, I believed that I could grow up to be a professional basketball player. All right, listen, I'm 5'7", okay? That ain't never happening. It never was going to happen. Children believe things. They have great imaginations. So it's ridiculous that now we have a world where people identify their sexual orientation with their identity and now they're pushing that on kids where the Boston's hospital is going to do surgeries that are, guess what, irreversible. Do you know what that means? It means that it cannot be reversed. It means that once this surgery happens, they're going to be different for the rest of their lives. So it's... It's criminal to be able to allow kids to do that. You know, there's this, there's a uh, research that was done, okay, about uh, gender dysphoric children. Gender dysphoric children are, you know, a boy that thinks that he's a girl, a girl that thinks that he's a boy. That's gender dysphoric. And in this study, it studied uh, kids, you know, pre-puberty and then um, older child or characteristics after. And it's uh, uh, psychosexual outcomes. 
So what's crazy is they studied 77 children and um, at the follow-up, so they, they basically all these kids were, they measured cross-gender identification discomfort with their own sex and gender rules. So they were uncomfortable with their own, you know, gender. At a follow-up, 30% of the 77 participants did not respond to our recruiting letter or not traceable. Okay, so 30% out the window. Check this out. 43% were no longer gender dysphoric and 27% were still gender dysphoric. Okay. The majority of people, of kids, after puberty were no longer gender dysphoric. So obviously, puberty is a place where people are figuring out their bodies, their emotions, their, their brain is still developing. And after this study, guess what? 43%, most of them w were not gender dysphoric anymore because remember, 30% didn't reply. So 43% were no longer gender dysphoric, the majority of people. So let's say you have a kid that's gender dysphoric and we have a culture and a society that's like, yeah, let's do it. And then they cut them up and they do whatever and they do these surgeries. Then all of a sudden, guess what? Later on, after puberty, they're like, oh, that was a bad decision. Whoops, can't undo that. So that's just the, 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 the ridiculous place that we're at with Boston Children's Hospital. Like if I was a parent, I'd probably be harassing them too. It's just, it's just, it's stupid. And that's why as Christians, we have to be so locked in and laser focused on our, on, on our true identity. Because when our identity is in something else, it'll cause us to go down paths that lead us to places that are absolutely crazy. So if you're listening to this, just know, you, God has a purpose for your life. Your identity isn't in anything except for Him. If you've been struggling lately, whether that be emotionally, mentally, um, with what you're doing, with who you are. Just know, I, I mean, I had a girl that asked me this question on Instagram. She said, I, I just feel like I have no purpose. I have no, me no, 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 no meaning, no meaning in life. Well, if there's breath in your lungs and you're able to worship God, guess what? There is meaning in your life because your identity is in Christ. We're made in the image of God. And God loves us unconditionally. He loves us so much. His grace is for us. He wants to sanctify us. He wants to raise us up in the ways of the Lord. And he wants us to look at him as the perfect father that he is. And when we do that, we'll be okay with our identity. We'll be okay. But this is where culture is going. This is where society is going is to a place where your identity is in other things. And when your identity is in other things, um, it causes us to be irrational and it causes us to, to, um, to force things onto our children. And when they, when they grow up, they're going to be the same exact way. It's the same exact thing when you're talking about slavery, when you're talking about Nazi Germany. Well, how did, how did slavery keep going if it was wrong? How did, how did racism keep going when it was wrong? Well, that's because racism is taught. And so when kids grow up in an ideology that is damaging, that is not okay, that is destructive, they'll, they'll believe that as truth. 
and that will carry on the legacy. So we have to stop that cycle as Christians. We have to stop the cycle and say, no, 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 our identity, we are in the image of God. God created us how he created us, and that is the perfect way to live. He created order in the world. He created nature. And so naturally, what he created is how we should operate. All right, awesome. So um, uh, again, thank you for tuning in to episode 50. I'm going to keep going with this. We'll see where it goes. Uh, make sure you follow me on Instagram. I'll see you next time on the future is now.